This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm your host, Matt Prem. And on today's show, we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, Eric Scopel is not on this podcast, but instead... We have a guest, and it's uh, the newly hired Oregon men's basketball assistant coach, Chris Crutchfield. We're going to sit down with uh, Coach Crutch, as he likes to go uh, by, and break things down. Why he came to Oregon, uh, what led uh, him getting into the coaching profession, also his ties to this current program prior to being hired by head coach Dana Altman. It's a pretty crazy connection. He's really good friends with uh, the departed uh, assistant coach, Tony Stubblefield, who left to become the head coach at DePaul. So there's some connections with Stubblefield and Crutchfield. Uh, also, uh, Crutchfield spent some a good part of his coaching career working with uh, Dana Altman's mentor, uh, one of the guys that helped him through the ranks of college basketball as well. So hope you enjoy this edition of the Odds and Audible's podcast as we get you closer to the Oregon men's basketball program and its newly hired assistant coach, Chris Crutchfield. Uh, Chris, I guess the first question I want to know is um, what brought you into this profession? What, what led you to, to coaching basketball? Well, I'm going to give you a short version. Um, when I finished school at, at Nebraska Omaha, I uh, had my degree in criminal justice. And my plan was to go into law enforcement and then go to the FBI Academy. And uh, of course, that, that got sidetracked. Right. I did juvenile probation in Omaha for about, about six months. And uh, I was playing noon ball back on campus one day, and one of the coaches said, Hey, Crutch, you ever thought about being a GA? And at that time, I was kind of wasn't sure if I really wanted to do the juvenile probation thing because I was dealing with some kids that I was like, I don't know how you can fix this problem because, <laughs> you know, it's, it was a major issue. And of course, it's in Omaha, Nebraska, so it's not like you're in inner, inner city. Right. But it was it was perfect timing because I wasn't liking it and I was looking for something else. So, I mean, I jumped into grad school and, you know, had no plans of getting a master's degree at all or even coaching. And, and that was 1993 and jumped in it and uh, started, went to grad school, got my master's in sports administration and started coaching and, and been on the move since then. But I always wanted to help kids. And right. uh, that was my route. And I ended up going into coaching, which has been so rewarding, uh, Matt, and I've really enjoyed it. 93, is that where you met Tony Stubblefield? It feels like you guys have crossed paths a bunch of times. We have. We have. Tony and I, Tony came to – I was already at Nebraska Omaha, and Tony came in from uh, Clinton Junior College, and we hit it off right away and uh, lived together for a year. And, and uh, that was my buddy in college. I mean, we hung out, did everything together. We, we both got secrets on each other we need to keep <laughs> from, from our college days. So, 
No, no. And then we ended up working together at New Mexico State for four right. years, which was really, really, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic because he's at Texas San Antonio. He leaves and go to UTA. I come to Texas San Antonio. And of course, we go to New Mexico State together. And uh, of course, now he leaves here. Now I'm coming <laughs> right behind him. So I, mean, I got to stop chasing him. <laughs> Um, you, you were the head coach at East <clears throat> Central, associate mm-hmm. head coaches at, at Arkansas and also Oklahoma, director of ops at TCU. You've been a JUCO head coach. You've been a JUCO assistant. It feels like you've kind of done it all. You've gotten every kind of experience. How do you feel like that's kind of shaped you into the coach that you are today? Good question, man. I think it, it's really, really made me complete uh, to, in a way where a lot of guys, I think, having junior college experience and being able to deal with uh, kids from the junior college background uh, has really, really helped me uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Also, just from a coaching standpoint, the way you deal with junior college kids. Also, I mean, playing Division II basketball, uh, having been at a mid-major, low-major, Power Five conferences, and being able to be ops at TCU was really, really rewarding because I had a chance to kind of see – behind the scenes uh, from an administration standpoint, um, budgeting and policies and how things work and really, really the tedious uh, things you have to do in, in, in team travel. So, I mean, I've been really, really blessed, Matt, because I've had a chance to kind of learn how to do everything that's involved in college basketball, from sweeping the floor to doing the laundry to – I mean, I mean, I've done it all. So, so really, I'm just trying to check every box and trying to get myself well prepared and and really, really complete. That way, when I do get my head coaching opportunity, I'm ready to go at a Division One school. Uh, speaking of head coaching, you were the head coach at East Central um, this past season, and I read a story when you left Arkansas for that job. You, you talked mm-hmm. a lot about it was going to be an opportunity for you to just experience being a dad because you missed out Mm -hmm. on a lot of those moments with your kids. What was that like? Uh, I imagine you have two sons on that team. What was that year like for you just as a dad and as a coach? I'll tell you what, as a a dad, it was great because we had a chance to to reconnect because, you know, the last two years, you know, they was out in college. They was away from home and hadn't been around. And of course, I've missed a lot of stuff in, in, in high school. When I was at Oklahoma, I just never had a chance to get to a bunch of their games. Or well, you miss games, of course. Right. Uh, and you miss those those things that you, you, you want to be involved in, that you need to be involved with your kids. So it's funny, during the pandemic, you know, they was at home. And uh, they was home for almost four months. And that was we, – we've never been around each other that long uh, since they was, you know, freshmen, sophomores in high school. So – it was really, really good to have them around. And I started, you know, I, I missed that. So I told my wife, I said, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm running around chasing other people's kids and, and trying to help other people's kids. I haven't spent time with my own kids. So we decided to take the East Central situation just to be around them. Because Jalen was leaving Stetson University on his way to, to Central Oklahoma, another Division two school there. And Josh, my youngest, was at a junior college, Northern Oklahoma, Enid. And we just wanted to get closer to him where right. we can go see him play. And uh, and being in East Central would, would give me the opportunity to be able to do that as the head coach. 
So that was the plan to just be in the same area and have a chance to, to go watch him play and spend more time with him and have some family dinners. But then Jalen came in one day and said, dad, if you get the job at East Central, why don't I just come play for you? And I said, you better, you better go ask your mom. <laughs> and, uh, and then that's how it happened. And if Josh wasn't qualifying out of high school, so he was able to come over after spending one year in junior college. And it was great because we, we got a chance to get our family back united. And they came over for Sunday dinners. They come over and do laundry. And you know, Jalen is a big golfer. So every time there's a golfing event on TV, he comes over and occupies my big TV. <laughs> You know, I got the biggest TV in the family in the house, so he comes over. I was like, you can have your own apartment. <laughs> no, no, your TV your TV is bigger than my TV, so I'm going to sit here and watch. And he'll just take the remote control, and he'll control the whole deal, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. But it's fun coaching him, being on the court with him every day, being able to teach him the game, uh, being able to help them grow as young men, which I think, at this age is a really, really crucial part of, of their development to get them ready for the real world. And uh, it, was, it was great. It was fun. After games, they come up to the office and talk. Whether we lose or win, they came up after every game. And, and it was really, really fun. And, uh, and I'm going to miss that. But when this opportunity came up, Matt, and uh, we talked about it and prayed about it as a family and I couldn't let this opportunity slip away because University of Oregon, I mean, it's such a great opportunity to be around, to be with Dana and, and the staff. They're good people. And I just couldn't pass up the opportunity. Yeah, that kind of just goes right into my next question. So I imagine that was a very difficult decision to make to, to leave after one year. But what, what was it about Oregon, though, that, and, and I guess Dana specifically, the, to come here and, and become an assistant coach with, with this program? No doubt. I think the first thing is Dana, uh, his reputation as a coach, his reputation as a person. Uh, you know, he, I worked for Lon for eight years and, yeah. and I know Lon and Dana are really, really close. A lot of similar personalities. Uh, they're both really, really great basketball minds. And uh, I just knew that there was great facilities here and you got a, a commitment from administration to make sure every sports teams have, opportunity to be successful and I knew I knew Dana I've known Dana since he left Creighton so um, I just knew I was coming to a great situation that if I passed it up didn't know if it would come back in year two or year three sure. once my son's uh, finished school what's your thoughts on this roster have you been able to to get here and I know the teams maybe started doing some workouts uh, are you and Eugene and able to, to get, get with the team at all yet? Yeah, I've been on the floor a little bit with a couple of them, just doing some individual workouts and that kind of stuff. Not a lot. Uh, I've been so busy tr trying to do so many other things, trying to find a place to live and, right. and, and, and trying to complete our roster in the recruiting part of it. So I uh, hadn't been on the floor a lot with them, but, but I have been a couple of days. And, uh, I like the pieces that are here. I mean, our front, our front line has is, is got to be one of the best in the, in the Pac-12, I do know that now that the Mobley brothers are leaving. So I feel like we just got to add a few more guards uh, to the lineup. Uh, another, you know, big wing forward. Uh, if we can do that, then we'll be right in contention again to win another Pac-12 championship. You talked about recruiting. What's that like right now? Where in a couple months, you'll be able to go out on the road and guys can come to you, but 
the portal's crazy. Everyone's talking about the portal. And how, how do you recruit right now in 2021 and April 22nd? Well, I think you still do the same. You still make your phone calls. You're still reaching out to your contacts, your AAU coaches, you know, your people that you know and that you relied on for information about people, about players. But I think the hard part is you don't get a chance to put your eyes on them. You don't get a chance to physically see a player because so much is evaluation. Right. So much is put into evaluation. So you miss that, that eye contact. So you're watching a lot of film. Uh, you're trying to see what guys can do, but but you don't have the complete package map of what you've been used to doing. So you have to kind of adjust your evaluation uh, of talent. Uh, the other part is you can't get them on campus and you can't go see them. You can't build relationships that you normally have been able to do. So we're Zooming <laughs> like we're doing right now. So you don't get a chance to do that. But uh, you miss some things, some intangibles that you normally – you have a good feel for when a kid comes to your campus. So we're missing on that. But hopefully come June 1, we can get out and see some kids. But by that time, the transfer portal is going to be dried up. All the high school kids available in 2021 are going to be dried up. So you're moving on to 2022. And, and maybe some junior college kids that's, that's left out there to recruit. So, But I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to be able to get back on the road and be able to build relationships with those young people and their families. And uh, but everything is it's different. It's really been different for the last you know year and a half. You've recruited and developed some of the best guards um, that have come through college basketball the last ten or so years. Um, Trey Young, Buddy Heald. Mm -hmm. What do you look for in a recruit? And I guess specifically, you mentioned you need some guards. What do you like? What are the traits that you like to, to see in, in a player at, at the guard position? I think the first thing really is: do they have a competitive spirit? Um, if they have a competitive spirit, obviously the guys that we're looking at are, you know, four-star, five-star type players. So you want them to have a work ethic. They have to have a competitive spirit. But there has to be some talent there. You know, you have to be have some skill, uh, especially as a guard position. You got to be able to dribble. You got to be able to pass. And you have to be able to shoot it. Uh, I think after that, you want you want a kid that's athletic. Um, but But the most important thing, I think, at this level, you have to be a competitor because if you are a competitor, it, it gives you a chance to, to develop. And every day you're going to compete every single day. And what happens when kids compete, you get better every day. There's a challenge for you every single day to improve and get better. So uh, that's a major, major component for me. Uh, as you talk to people about young guys, will he compete? Is he afraid of competing? You know, is he afraid of a challenge? You know, how does he do, do when he's going against somebody better than him? You know, does he back down or do he run to the fight? I want to know those things because if a kid runs to the fight, then he's going to get better. Uh, he's probably not going to get homesick. <laughs> you know, he's probably going to end up being a good, really, really good player, you know, and similar to what Buddy Hill was. Buddy was a, a big-time competitor. Now, he wasn't overly skilled when we got him at Oklahoma, but he had a competitive spirit about him. He had a motor where he played hard all the time. Now, as coaches, we can take that and develop his skill and uh, turn him into a, you know, a good player like he ended up being. I think two of the most impressive individual performances I've ever covered were both Trey Young and Buddy Heald games against Oregon. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think Trey went for like 43 
in yeah. a really bad gym in Portland in, in the BK. Oh, empty gym. <laughs> and then, I mean, he couldn't miss. And then Buddy healed. Uh, Oregon threw Elgin Cook on him in the Elite Eight. And Elgin was probably one of the best defenders Dana's ever no had. No doubt. No doubt. And what, what was that like of seeing those guys? I mean, Trey feels like a couple years before things really kicked off, like with Zion and all the hype, you know, mm-hmm. when, when social media hype, like if Trey was going at that time, it would have been even crazier and Buddy even more. What was it like watching those two guys where any given night they could go for 50 points? Well, with Buddy, it was really, really special because you saw the maturation process from the time he was a freshman up until the time he was a senior. And he just got better and better and better. And we knew probably halfway his junior year that that he this was something special. He's developing. He turned himself into – I tell people this all the time because he couldn't shoot the ball when he first got to Oklahoma. Really? He's, a self-made, he's a self-made shooter. And um, so, no, no, he shot it from his hip and the elbow was out like this. I mean, it oh, was wow. a weird deal. We had to get his hands back right, get up, the ball – and we, we worked on that his whole freshman year. He only shot 23% as a freshman from three-point line. But once he figured it out, Matt, he just worked at it every single day. And he just got better and better and better over the years. And by the time halfway through his junior year, we we kind of thought like, you know, maybe a couple of scouts came around and said, this kid got a chance because, you know, he plays so hard, he runs the floor hard, and he makes shots. And then his senior year, his confidence grew. And, I mean, our team grew, the program grew. We had four guys that was on the floor that started 105 games from the time they were sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So that made that sweet, that 16 team pretty pretty special because of the chemistry and the experience. Then then we get to the tournament in Anaheim, and and Buddy just got into one of those zones that a, that a player get into yep. versus AM. Then next against Oregon, he just got into a shooting zone that that I don't think. Only thing you could have did is stop him from catching it because once he caught it, it didn't matter because he was just in one of those zones. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that game again and just <laughs> and Elgin. It's, it was like Elgin played good defense. He couldn't do anything better, and yet Buddy Hield was just nailing threes left and right. And then uh, in, in Portland, Trey Young, it, that was ridiculous. I mean, watching. Hey, remember, was that in the Motor Center? Or was that in the old? That bedroom? was in the Memorial. Uh, that was an old memorial. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That, that was the old, really bad gym. That was just like, ugh, you, you didn't want to be in that one. Hey, I remember him saying, "We like this is what the Portland Trailblazers used to play, right?" He said, "I think I watched it when the Bulls played in in the championship. They played in this building, right?" I said, "I think so. Yeah, I think so." And uh, he was excited just to be able to play in that building. This is where Michael Jordan played in. You know, I remember him talking about that. I was like, yeah, this is the same building. And you can tell, right? <laughs> You're looking around like you can tell, right? You know, and he wanted to go out and have a good game. Um, I'll get you out of this one. This is the most important question I have to ask for you. Uh, you yeah. spent time in the Midwest. You spent time uh, in, in the South. Uh, do you prefer the Kansas City barbecue or do you prefer the Texas barbecue? Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Depending on who's watching this, who sees this now, I got to be careful because, whoo, I'm going to go with Texas, I, man. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a big barbecue guy myself. Uh, I am too. I love it. 
I can eat it every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you you made the correct answer. Although I will say, uh, Q thirty nine in Kansas City is is no very, doubt is very, no very doubt. good. So, no doubt. Well, I really appreciate the the opportunity and, and the time, and uh, welcome to Eugene. Um, hopefully, you and your family can kind of get yourself settled and explore the area, and you'll I'm sure you'll you'll absolutely love everything that Eugene has to offer. We're excited to be here, looking forward to getting this thing started and uh, looking forward to building it and, and elevating it and, and, or just keeping it where it is because this program is headed in the right direction. Coach Altman and his staff have done a great job and I'm blessed to be a part of it. So, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.